Hello and welcome to the Sobre Mesa podcast. Uh, as always, with me, your host, Alan McGuire. Um, often I try to avoid uh, stereotypes on this podcast, but it's undeniable that football is a huge part. Um, it's the biggest sport in Spain, and Spain is world-renowned for its football. And this week there was a controversy in the sport, European, well, Europe-wide, uh, the European Super League. So with me today, I have Tommy Hay, who is a football commentator here in, in Spain, uh, to explain and explore why this uh, quite controversial uh, league has um, had a different reaction in Spain to, to say, where the UK. Um, so welcome to Sobre Mesa, Tommy. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. I absolutely love the name, by the way. It's a <laughs> brilliant name. It's a really Thanks. good name because sobre mesa is a word that doesn't translate into English. If you yeah. had to explain what it was to something, it's one of these words that really doesn't translate. It's like, you know, the, the time you spend after eating and it's really, really cool. Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah, it's a very good name. 10 out of 10. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. So Tommy, you, you, um, you're a football commentator here in, in Spain. Um, tell us a bit about what you get up to and, and, and what it's like being a, being a football commentator here in Spain. Yeah, yeah, it's good. As as you mentioned, it's a very football-loving country. Uh, More or less, everybody's got an opinion on it. And that's one of the reasons I was uh, attracted to Spain. I've loved football my entire life. And compared to some other countries I've been to in Europe, you know, you can maybe go to France or or Belgium or or Germany, and maybe not everybody's got an opinion on it. But even non-football people here will give you their opinion on Madrid or Barcelona or whatever. And it's really much ingrained in in the culture. So it seemed like a natural decision. Uh, when I moved here to get involved in, in football writing, football podcasting, radio and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, I do I do podcasts in, in both languages. I do one uh, usually on Wednesdays. We get Spanish football news, which is just a um, informative kind of organisation which uh, tells people what's going on in the world of Spanish football, basically. Cool. So I do that Wednesday. Thursday, I'm on Marca Radio, which is the sports Probably, probably the biggest sports publication in in Spain. Isn't it the biggest public news, newspaper in Spain? I think it's like that's what, it's they, big, that's what they say. Yeah, yeah, I've heard it's bigger than all of the other newspapers. Yeah, it's crazy, but it just just shows you know it's a very sport loving country, and football yeah. is very much the the driving force of it. So, yeah, we we go in there on Thursdays and we teach them English phrases through football. Oh, wow. <laughs> so that's the that's the idea it's called Inglés para futbolistas is the name of our, <laughs> cool, name of our section and we open to the sex pistols anarchy in the uk which is an absolutely brilliant way to start off a show so we do that uh, and then on friday i do another educational show on von radio or balgan radio as, a, as the spanish call it yeah and uh, that's on on saturdays at uh, 12 what time are we on 12 o'clock is when yeah. we're on, on saturday so yeah, busy enough, and it's it's all good fun. Oh, brilliant! Um, so, I mean, I was watching the the news. I follow the news in the UK a lot, coming from there. And this week, I think it was was it Monday or Sunday midnight? They announced this sort of European Super League. Um, what what was the reaction like here in Spain, and and what was it? It's a little bit confusing, wasn't it? Because I would I would say just to start off, I would say that the majority of football fans were against it, against the plans. Uh, just to give anybody, and I know a lot of your listeners aren't uh, necessarily football people, but basically there were going to be fifteen teams, basically the the richest teams in, on the on the continent, 
uh, put into a special league and more or less ring fence so they would they would be unable to be relegated from that league and right. no teams could come into the league. So mm. basically creating a new level of elitism in European football. And I would say that most, you know, that's a quick kind of summary of it. Yeah. I'd say mo- most football fans were were against that. However, the press, if you if you watch Sky Sports or BT in the UK, the press were pretty much against it as well. The newspapers were against it. Politicians came out. Even Boris Johnson came out and condemned mm-hmm. it. You know, who knows if somebody told him to do that or if it was a genuine opinion on his part. But, you know, it seemed like all the society was, was pretty much against this. It was a real moment of unification. Spain, it wasn't the case so much. If you listen to Spanish media, listen to the radio here, there were a lot of people sticking up for the plans that were driven largely by Real Madrid and the, the president Florentino Perez. Uh-huh. And if you want to understand this kind of mixed reaction, you he he as a guy is probably the person that you have to to understand. So we can get into that if you want. To, yeah, sure. I why, mean, why it's so important. I've, I've he is quite uh, controversial. I mean, he's had lots of dealings with the the Madrid Comunidad in the past, I believe, and, and things like that. And you know, there was. I can't remember if it was around like he owns land about where the four towers are built or something like that or, or the universe but like he's instrument like he's a big figure in Spain isn't he yeah a big thing to do with the four towers that's where Real Madrid's training ground used to be yeah uh, and and they, they were sold off he became president in 2000 now it's funny because he's he's been very much part of Real Madrid this century we think that 2000 was probably about 10 years ago it wasn't it was 21 years ago yeah yeah you know it's crazy <laughs> to think that but it was yeah, yeah. there's an entire generation that have pretty much grown up with, with Perez at the helm um uh-huh. he was present in 2000 he took a little break and came back in 2009 but he's more right. or less always been a been a presence there and as you say he's been involved in construction he's been involved in lots of different businesses he's just a kind of um, he's pretty ubiquitous, to be honest, in, in Spanish society. Uh-huh. And um, in terms of Real Madrid, he, he's famous for the creation of what we call the Galactico uh, era. And the Galacticos are the, the big money signings that basically they pull out all the stops to get the kind of biggest players on the continent and therefore the biggest players in the world. Mm-hmm. So some examples of Galactico signings going back to the beginning of the, of the, of the century would have been Zidane, uh-huh. uh, Luis, Luis Figo. David wow. Beckham, Ronaldo, uh, all these guys who, who all played together. Uh, after that, Cristiano Ronaldo, obviously, in uh, 2009, coming for big, big money. And we're still kind of living in the in the Florentino Galactical era. Mm. So this is what people have, have uh, become, to, uh, become accustomed to. In terms of the model that he has for the club, it's very much a business model. In fact, if you listen to to interviews with the guy on television and on radio, he often talks about La Empresa, the company. He doesn't talk right. about the club. He doesn't wow. say El Club, he says La Empresa. And that's, you know, it's important to remember that. And I think that there's been a generation and older people who have bought into this vision because it's brought them all these big players and all that kind of stuff. And there's a certain standard uh, to be followed. Um, and... You know, this is evidenced by the fact that when they signed Eden Hazard, who was a very much a Galactico signing from Chelsea a little while ago, the fans, when they were invited to the stadium for the presentation of the player, were chanting, we want Mbappe, which wow. we, Mbappe would be the most expensive player in the world if, wow. if they were to sign him. So it wasn't enough that they spent all this money on Hazard. They want the next big thing. Yeah, yeah wow. They want the next big one. So to get back to the Super League, if a guy comes along or if if Perez comes along and says to you, 
I can, can I can make these good days continue. You just have to follow me into the Super League. There's a sizable chunk of the Madrid support that are going to go for this. Yeah. And I think a big difference between the Spanish clubs and the English clubs is that it's about money. Right. Madrid's, Madrid's model, if you listen to Perez himself, Madrid's model is not sustainable. Um, they said that he said the other night in an interview that they'd lost 400 million euros in the last two years. Jesus. That's not a sustainable model of running a football club. And it's very much about money. If you want to continue seeing these big players come, you know, you have to you have to think of new ways to do it. Otherwise, uh-huh. Madrid aren't going to be able to, to do that. So I think a lot a lot of Madridistas uh, see this as the only way to 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 maintain that. As for Barcelona, um, they're in deep, deep financial trouble. Right, really. Uh, like approaching possibly a, a billion is, is the figure that's been floated about Jesus. of debt. Yeah, so I mean, serious like you know financial bother, and I think the 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 idea of a very lucrative European Super League would have uh, attracted them as well. So yeah, I think that's that's a kind of idea. It's very much about money. Um, if you look at the owners in England, I think they were very tentative going into. It. I think it was just I think it was mainly Liverpool and Manchester United, the clubs with the American owners. That were uh-huh. pushing it forward in England, and the other ones were the the foreign owners, you know, um, Abramovich or Abramovich at Chelsea, yeah. Russian, you know, the guys from Abu Dhabi that are in. Uh, and Iglesias, America, isn't it? It's America, so yeah, yeah the, Amer- the Americans are very much pushing it um, in England, and the other ones I think were dragged along slightly, uh, but money wasn't the the priority, and I think when when these. Um, when these presidents or these chairmen saw the, the the fan reaction, they were like, "No, I'm out of here." Yeah, you know, it's not yeah. that important to me. I think if the priority for Roman Abramovich had been money, he would have probably put his foot down in the same way that Perez had put his foot down in Laporta at Barca. He's put his foot down, but he didn't. And I think some of the reluctance to back down that we've seen in Spain probably comes down to the financial question. Right. So, um, I mean, Atletico are also in it, aren't they? That's the three Spanish teams. Barcelona, Real Madrid and Atletico. Are they staying in it or are they leaving? The, the Atletico president, Cerezo, at, at the moment that we've recorded this anyway, has been fairly quiet on the matter. Um, Atletico are different from the other two in the sense that they're, they're not in the big two. They're a very big club. Yeah. They're not in the big, the big two Spanish clubs. And I think there's a bit of an identity crisis at Atletico. Um, you know, you've seen them pushing for Champions Leagues and things like that, pushing for the, the league titles and pushing for more money yeah. um, in recent years. And historically, I think your average Atletico fan would have they would never have considered themselves in the elite and nor would they want to be. You know, they're right. a bit like what, what Manchester City uh, used to be in England. You know, they're, uh-huh. they're, they've always lived in the shadow of the big boys, you know, their neighbours, but they don't want to be them anyway. They don't want to be this big kind of company, so yeah. to speak. Yeah, yeah. Um, they don't want to be a Florentino Perez company. So I think if you talk to Atletico fans, it'll be it's a very interesting conversation to see what direction they would want to go in. Um, again, I said at the beginning, I think most football fans in general, regardless of the team, would be against this. Yeah. But I think um, the the Madrid fans would be, be a sizable chunk of them would be would be in, a sizable minority of them would be in favour of the Super League. I think the minority for Atletico, just talking to people and knowing what I know about the club, would be much smaller. They're in favour of it because they've got this. They've got this different identity. I would say. Uh, yeah, I, I suppose one of the reasons that I've seen a lot of people are against it is just because of competition. Really, like, uh, uh, I mean, it, it was essentially to replace the Champions League, right? You you would basically be doing away with the Champions League, yeah. 
you would be the basically kind of seceded from the Champions League. I would oh. say that you know you take you take the biggest the biggest financial kind of um, kind of uh, yeah players out of it. You're you're basically putting a you know putting a bullet to the to the head of the Champions League. It's yeah. not it's not going to work. So yeah, um, uh, I mean normally there's a Spanish team in the final of the Champions League, right, or or near the final. Um, but yeah, like you said, they they would be ring, ring fenced. Fifteen of them in. Uh, is this like a more, is this like a more American model, like uh, than than the sort of traditional competition that we see in Europe? I think that's what critics of it would say, and I think that's this is um, you know you look at the the people who were leading the charge on this. You, there was Agnelli in, in, in Juventus in Italy. You, there was uh, Perez, obviously, with the two European one, but. I think if you look at the English clubs that were driving it, it was an American model that they're looking for. And right. I think there was a massive misunderstanding of how that would be received in Europe. People right. don't want football franchises in Europe. Nobody mm. wants it. In America, they've accepted it. You know, if you, it's kind of crazy when you think about it. Like the, the LA Lakers haven't always played in LA. They've played in, I think, what was it, Minnesota or right, Michigan yeah, or somewhere yeah. they used to play in. And, yeah. you know, they, they all move and things like that. You can just move the franchise yeah, up sticks yeah. and just move off. Like, that couldn't happen in Europe. Imagine, <laughs> imagine Newcastle. They're like, no, we're not Newcastle anymore. We're, um, I don't yeah. know, we're, we're the Fulham. <laughs> we're, no, we're, we're the Western Supermare uh, bandits or something like that. You know, yeah. it just, it just, or magpies. It just wouldn't make sense. <laughs> you know, just wouldn't make sense. So, um, I think that a lot of these, that some of these American owners really thought that there was going to be a possibility in Europe to to make it about franchises and maximize the the money potential. And it's been a massive re- misreading of the situation, massive miscalculation, wow. um, which is the only ex- explanation I, I can come up for why they thought it was going to work. You know, not even in hindsight. Everybody knew that this was going to be a disaster. We've been talking about it for years. Nobody likes this. The players mm-hmm. don't like it. The fans don't like it. You know, the managers don't like it. it it's just it's utter, utter madness. But I think they, they were just convinced that they were going to make an American franchise model. Yeah. And comparing the, I mean, uh, comparing the reaction though from the UK, I mean, you had uh, protests outside all of the football stadiums. You had politicians getting involved. Uh, you know, um, celebrities coming out against it. You had was it, was it Gary Neville's speech on uh, on um, Monday Night Football? Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and it, I saw, I saw uh, it was being spread around Spanish Twitter as well with 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 sub- subtitles. And um, but there was like a huge outpouring, like in the UK. I think it was massive. Uh, yeah. But here, there, there wasn't. Like, I don't. Why do you think that is? I didn't really see anyone sort of speaking out against it. And I mean, you said the, about like this small minority that would probably be for it in Madrid. But like, I mean, like for instance, the Liverpool players. I think they all sort of put up a thing saying we're not going anywhere or we're not going to do anything, but nothing like, no, no, I don't think any players or anything like that come out in Spain. I just wondered, wondered why mm. thoughts were on it. Interesting question, isn't it? Like why, why the guys at the, the, the big Spanish teams are, are in the Spanish league didn't really come out. I would probably say it's, it's a battle that's um, been played out online. Um, and you could say to a certain extent on the radio and, and on television as well, uh, online, you know, if you, if I, I might live in a little bubble 
on on Twitter and things like that. But you know, most people in my Twitter feed were against it. Spanish guys living here okay. and, and, and and women living here, journalists, um, yeah, were largely against it. I would say. Uh-huh. Um, in terms of going out to the street and protesting, it might just be a it could possibly just be a question of of, of the COVID thing. Um, yeah, true. You know, pe- people aren't going out and protesting, and also the the laws here in Spain are far stricter in terms of you know you've got to be wearing your mask when you're out in yeah. the street and all that. And if you looked at some of these protesters in England, they weren't exactly didn't look like they were following the rules. No, 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 no. There's there's quite a lot of adherence to it here. Uh-huh. That's another issue. Um, in terms of like Spanish players and things like that, a lot of them did come out against it, but they were oh, really? the ones. But they were the ones playing in other countries. So Ander Herrera was oh, a notable okay. example. Was playing in Paris. Uh-huh. Uh, he put out a statement. I think it was on Monday, uh, quite early on, just saying, you know, this isn't the football that I fell in love with, and you know, I don't like it, and things like that. Obviously, Thiago plays for Liverpool. Um, you know, he would have been in amongst the the guys that went to the mm. meeting and. And posted stuff but no i'd say the battle was more or less kind of played out online and also uh, we were all watching florentino perez's uh, television and radio appearances last week which were totally bizarre in 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 many ways um he made on 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 tuesday night i think it was yeah it was tuesday night wait was it monday or tuesday i can't remember it was the beginning of the week it seems like a year that this <laughs> since i <this> started <laughs> at the beginning of the week of the week he made a, a late night appearance on a, a show called el chiringuito de juanes i don't know if you've ever seen this no, uh, no it's a late night football show in spain and i use the word football with extreme caution because it's not so much a show dedicated to football as it is a kind of late night rammy between right, okay. sort of shouty partisan journalist anybody living here might have seen telly cinco yeah. Me, which is the the, yeah, yeah. Rosa, the the yellow press thing it's a bit like that but for football oh, so wow. they, they, okay. they spend oh, it's just awful stuff but they, they spend about 99 percent of the time talking about football gossip you know who said what to who right who's doing what on social media it's a bit like big brother's big mouth in the uk but with a bit, <laughs> yeah. of, a bit, a bit of football thrown in and um all these guys particularly the, the presenter pedro Roll, is a you know they, they, they're quite friendly with florentino perez and he makes appearances there and on Monday night, he rocked up about midnight to defend the plans um, for wow. the Super League. And uh, he came out with some absolutely just bizarre statements. Uh, some of them were just, yeah, I could give you a list as long as my arm, but, you know, they were saying stuff like, uh, he, he said something like, uh, young people aren't interested in football anymore because they're all playing video games. Um, we maybe need to shorten the matches and all that kind of stuff right, and make yeah. them 60 minutes instead of 90 minutes. Uh, you know, failing to failing to really read the real reasons why people, young people maybe aren't going to the football games anymore. For one, it's expensive. It's very, very expensive to go to football games. It's very, very expensive to go and see uh, his team play. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, you know, Perez is a guy that, 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 that lives in Spain. And in Spain, we've got about, if we're talking about young people, I think there's about 39% of youth unemployment in this country. Yeah, it's all it's up and down at the minute, isn't it, with COVID? But yeah, it's historically high isn't it really yeah well i think that like the that's a figure that stands out for me and that was probably i think that was maybe from 2019 so right okay maybe yeah. it's maybe even worse now but yeah you know, about 39 40 percent youth unemployment there's a lot of mileristas here you know people who only earn a thousand yeah. or so a month and that yeah uh, a lot of them are young people so if you want to ask well, why are young people not going to these games it's nothing to do with them lasting too long or being too interested in video games how about you lower the the prices yeah yeah and i think we come back to this age-old um, debate about footballers' wages and do footballers earn too much money? And I think any objective person looking at this has to say, yes, they do earn too much money. 
mm. you look at the the turnover of football clubs, and and I'll give you the Premier League example. I believe sixty to eighty percent of the of the turnover in football clubs, the money that these guys spend, is on wages. Wow. Sixty to eighty percent. So if you're looking for somewhere to to save some money, yeah. In terms of COVID, right, I've got an idea where you can start. Yeah, cut, yeah. Cut the players' wages. Nobody needs that much money. Yeah. Um, instead of raising the ticket prices for the fans, I bet you lower the ticket prices for the fans. You'll see people coming in as they do in Germany, and yeah. you know we'll maybe see a, a a bit of a bit of a change there. But it doesn't occur to them. And it's just, it's so rich coming from from these guys, you know. Yeah. In the same interview that he, he, you know, he was on that that television show on, on Monday, he's interviewed and uh, he's given, you know, saying that we're suffering, we've lost 400 million um, uh, euros in, in the last two years. We need the Super League to save football. These are the words that he used. Right, I'm paraphrasing, right. to save football. Um, and then later they ask him, so what signings are you thinking of making? It's like, oh, uh, Mbappe, I think. Coming <laughs> along. And it's like, you know, it goes back to this thing of identity. They, they can't imagine it any other way. They can't yeah. imagine not signing the most expensive guys. And they almost use it as a threat. He made another appearance on the radio on El Larguero, on Cadena Ser. Uh-huh. Uh, on, I think that was Wednesday night. Yeah, it was Wednesday night. And uh, you know, I, I was scunnered with it at this point. I was I was so tired of it at this point. But midnight, he, he comes out again, the same old stuff. Young people playing too many video games, blah blah blah. And then the the thing that stood out for me was he was saying, if we don't go into the Super League, we won't be able to sign Mbappe. And I think, or Holland. And I think, well, that's it. You can't do it. Yeah. I want a Fer- I want a Ferrari. Yeah. I want a mansion. I can't have it. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm aware that I'm aware that my life isn't, you know, it's not the same as a, a business or, or running a country, for example. I'm aware of that. But I think it's the same principle here. Yeah. They, they, we're all being told in these times of COVID and probably since the financial crisis in 2008, we've been told that before we were living above our, our means and that we have to be more realistic. Yeah. And it's funny how it only goes one way and yeah. never goes to the, these um, rich uh, owners of football clubs. Mm. I think that that's been a lot, a lot of the fan anger, um, and certainly if you, you saw it in Spanish on on Spanish social media, you would you would have seen a bit more of that. But it is true, like in the street and things like that, you you there weren't as many protests, and I don't know. I, I can't really give you a concrete uh, answer, and that is speculation, really, about why they weren't on the streets. Yeah, I, I mean, I saw else. one journalist write, you know, they don't like. It's not that people people are less relu- more reluctant to speak out in Spain. Maybe uh, I don't know how true that is, but uh, yeah, like not to be the one that stands out and says something awkward. I suppose, um, and I suppose if you've got a very powerful and wealthy and influential guy like this, then uh, then maybe you don't want to be the one that speaks out against him. But yeah, you can understand. He's got he's got a, he's got a bit of a death grip on the on the press. Uh, in many right, ways as okay. well, yeah, and and not just the trash TV, you know. Right. I think there there are quite a lot of journalists that are pally with them. We always talk about the palco of Madrid, and the palco is like the kind of the VIP box, you know, yeah. the special guest box. And you know, there's again, it's sort of like you're you're joining the dots. But you know, a lot of politicians go there, and you mm-hmm. know, they meet up with the the business elite and all that kind of stuff. But yeah. it's not. It all sounds like a bit of a conspiracy, but it's not. It's just people that are mates together, you know, meeting up. And they tend to do it in the Palco of Madrid and, you know, in the, yeah. in the VIP box and stuff. And Florentino's happy to orchestrate that. 
Um, but yeah, it's it's an interesting um, dynamic. But we'll see if he hangs around for too much longer because, you know, he looked like a he looked fairly lost this week, or he, he has right. looked fairly lost this week. And um, Javier Tebas, uh, Tebas, who's um, he's like the the president of of La Liga. He doesn't get on well with Perez, and right. he's come out and said, um, and he's very right wing, by the way, uh, Tebas. Right. He's, He's gone on record supporting Vox and things like that. So right. It's not like he's some kind of romantic lefty. Right. It kind of, does not get on well with Florentino. Says that he's says that he's losing it. Says that he's a yeah a completely lost man and all that kind of stuff. He doesn't know what he's doing and all that. Wow. Been a been a bit of a war of words between those two. So wow. who knows what the future will be for him? And yeah, I mean, in the UK they're talking about, and you mentioned Germany earlier. Like uh, they're on about you know fifty plus one, the shares in the company belonging to the fans. And uh, I think I'm not sure if Madrid has a similar model or or something like that. But do you think like well, it's two part questions, right? Like, what is the future for for this this Super League now that? That six, I mean, half the half the clubs have pulled out, haven't they? And I think mm. there was no German or French clubs in it. I think it's just Spanish and Italian clubs left. Uh, what's the future for this sort of Super League? Is it going to continue, and is it going to affect Spanish football at all? I think that the Super League that that model's done. Right. Okay. Um, I don't think we're gonna. You know, I think I think it's finished that. But what is worrying for a lot of football fans is that if we just think okay job done you know they're going to slide you know other things are going to slide for example uefa have come out of this very well uh that uefa put their foot down on it and said no there won't be a super league if there is a super league the players who participate in it won't be able to play in, in our competition so they won't be able to play in the champions league they won't be able to play in the the qualifiers for their country and consequently they wouldn't be able to go to the euros or the world cup wow. as the world cup qualifiers go through europe so oh, okay, wouldn't be able to do that either. Right, well. So they, they were really kind of heavy-handed with it right from the beginning. Uh-huh. So they've come out quite well from this. But then yeah. you think, well, what are you for doing? Are these you know guys whiter than white? No. I mean, if you look at the the, the plans for the Champions League and things like that, um, they're going to expand the Champions League. It's going to be more teams in it. They're going to oh, change. Well. And you, you can you can read all about this. The the Guardian actually has a very good. Uh, article and if you look up the Champions League Swiss model is what it's called uh-huh. Guardian has a very good summary of it and why it's not good for football at all oh really I, I, I could I could be there I could be here all day boring <laughs> you with the details of it but it's not good <laughs> no, wow, no, okay. nobody likes it but they're going to expand it to 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 more teams and going to be more money in it I think it's going to increase the the inequality in the leagues you're going to have right. a, a elites within the leagues and you know teams that have just got no chance and you know, again, money, money, money. And they're able to slide these things through the back door now because um, basically because, you know, everybody's happy with them at the moment. So yeah. I think, you know, football fans in every country, I think, have to keep, have to maintain the pressure, have to keep the pressure up. And sadly in Spain, I don't think there's that, there's not that organisation, I think, of no. fans. I don't think there's that organisation. In England, I think there is. I think in England, there's there's possibly, you know, they're still as angry today as they were, you know, five days ago. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, we saw yesterday that these, you know, don't condone this at all, but marches on the United train training ground and all that. And, wow. you know, uh, lot, lots of fans protesting out in the street and things like that and the social media thing and talking to their presence and demanding change. I don't see that in Spain. 
for the moment. I really don't wow. see it in Spain. And um, unless we see some kind of more organisation, as you see in some clubs lower down the leagues, like Rayo Vallecano, uh-huh. um, who are very, um, the fans are, you know, very well organised. Yeah. Unless we see more of that, the, 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 these top clubs, these these top three, um, I wouldn't be particularly optimistic that anything's going to change. No, uh, no. In terms of the presidents and things like that. No, yeah. of, of the countries that were involved, I, I can't say I'm informed enough to talk about Italy, but I'd say Germany, I would I would be happiest being a German football fan. Then England, then Spain uh, are, mm-hmm. are at the bottom because I, I don't see the organisation necessary. People no. might not agree with me there, but yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, they are very much, um, they have a monopoly, don't they? Barcelona and Real Madrid literally have a monopoly in Spain. Like, I've gone to my uh, my wife's pueblo down in, just outside Cordoba, and, and there's, you know, there's bars that are dedicated to Real Madrid and bars. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and it's just phenomenal, really, how, how huge of a club they are. There's also a thing in Spain which is different from England or Scotland, which is... If you in England, if you are a Newcastle United fan, that's your team. If you're a Norwich, if you're a Norwich City fan, that's your team. Scotland, if you're an Aberdeen fan, that's your team. You don't support Aberdeen and Rangers or Aberdeen and Celtic. Yeah. Um, and in England, you don't support Norwich and Manchester United because they're bigger. In Spain, you do get that. You would oh, get right. people that you would get people that say, "Oh, what's your team? Cordoba and Real Madrid." Oh, okay. Or uh, what's your team? Um, I don't know, like uh, Sabadell, Sabadell and Barca. Yeah, you know, I, su- I support both. Uh, or Val- or some people support, you know, like the Valencian clubs, maybe like Elche or someone like that, or Levante and Barca. And um, that's a very very strange thing, you know. Wow. That they've got they've got pools from outside of of the of their actual cities, which which sets them apart as well. And it's it's a, it's a total monopoly, and I think it's just because you know they are so far apart. They are yeah. so far apart, and I think as well, if if you consider yourself to be a Madrid fan, it can be quite a passive thing. You know, you can sit and watch it, and you don't have to fully involve yourself in it. You, you know, you don't mm-hmm. have to like follow everything that's going on because you know the team you probably care most about is your local team, Cordoba or whatever. Yeah, you support Madrid and things. So, a lot of people who say that they are that they follow Madrid on some level wouldn't be prepared to get involved in protests wouldn't be yeah, involved yeah. Get, you know wouldn't be bothered to get involved in that because it's a passing interest in things yeah, um, yeah. Me, me and my mates always laugh about this like sometimes we'll be watching a, the madrid game in a bar right and madrid will be one nil up or something they'll be they'll be winning and some guy will walk past the bar some spanish guy will walk past the bar look in the window and go yeah brilliant you know and you think, well, why aren't you watching the game? <laughs> if you really cared that much, why, yeah. why aren't you watching the game? And yeah, yeah. It's, it's a very passive following, I think, of, of that club. And I think Barcelona is the same. Um, I'm not, I don't have as much, I live in Madrid. I've, I did my Erasmus in Barcelona, but I don't have as much kind of experience um, yeah. with them as I do with, with Real Madrid. But yeah, I think it's, it's, it's a very passive fan experience, I think, wow. um, being being fans of these teams and it's, it's it's a different football culture every every country is a different football culture yeah that's something you have to remember so uh yeah it's, it's interesting i don't know what the future will be like um, no well i'm sure they are still here uh living in flats i don't know if you live in a flat but every time i, I, do, I yeah. know there's a football match on i know when there's a football match on <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a, it's a football it's a football yeah. man country at the end of the day but they, they just have a different way of following it and yeah. um, to 
even to other Spanish-speaking countries, you know, it's like the Argentina, it's like a religion there, you know, and it's um, people do throw themselves into it 100%. They, they do only have one team, you know, they, they're, they're fanatical about it. It's not like that in Spain. So yeah. there are many similarities between, you know, the countries in other ways, but football, I would notice a fairly big difference in, uh, at least in terms of the fan experience. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Well, thanks very much for coming on, Tommy. No problem. A pleasure. Absolute pleasure.